0: I could stay here forever.
1: Carvana, where car buying meets comfort, meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Welcome to Balance Black Girl, a podcast dedicated to mental, physical, and emotional health from the black woman's perspective. Tune in to hear from Black women health and wellness experts giving the approachable advice you need to help you feel your best. I'm your host, Lestrandra Alfred. Let's dive in. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Balanced Black Girl Podcast. My name's Les. I am honored to be your host. If it's your first time listening, welcome. Thank you for being here. And if you are a returning listener, welcome back. And thank you so much for coming back. (laughs) important. So, let's talk about screen time. At this point, we know spending most of our days on screens isn't good for us. This is not new information. The links between social media usage and negative impact on our health, specifically our mental health, is not new info. At this point, nobody's shocked. Like we know. And yet, these apps and these phones, they still have us in a chokehold and I'm no exception. That's why I'm really excited to share today's conversation about taking our power back from our screens and creating more time for ourselves with our guest, Taylor Morrison. Taylor Elise Morrison is an international speaker, facilitator, and the founder of Inner Workout. She's on a mission to help others beat burnout by building sustainable self-care practices. Taylor is such a breath of fresh air. I've been following her work and wanting to have her on the podcast for a while now and really enjoyed sharing this space with her. She provides so much helpful insight on ways we can spend a little less time on our phones and a little more time being mindful and pouring into ourselves. Through her company and her workout, Taylor and her team share incredible resources to help folks take care, so make sure you check the show notes for more info about her offerings. She was also kind enough to offer a discount code for Balanced Black Girl listeners for her self-care card deck called Instead. So make sure you check the show notes for the discount code. She and I talk a little bit more about the deck and about how to use it in the episode. So make sure you check out the show notes and look into her offerings because they're incredible. All right, so let's get into the interview. Taylor, welcome to Balanced Black Girl. I am so excited to have you here because I've been a fan and been following you for quite some time. And I have to say, anytime you pop up in my feed or I see, you know, your posts, your stories, I instantly feel calmer. (laughs) Even though we don't know each other, I feel like you are a good influence on me in feeling calm. So I'm really excited to have you today.
0: Oh, thank you. You can't see me, Um, but I'm smiling really big right now. (laughs) I'm receiving that
1: compliment. I'm also working on receiving compliments. So thank you. Oh, good. Well, yes. I mean, I'm happy to create space to help you receive compliments because I think that's super important. (laughs) So you founded your company inner workout to be a self-care support system to help people navigate burnout and overwhelm, which is beautiful and so needed. Now, I'd love to learn a little bit more about how the work you do with Inner Workout has been inspired by your own experiences navigating maybe burnout or overwhelm.
0: Yeah. So it's funny because you say like you see my stories or you see a post and you feel instantly calmer. And part of the reason that it's hard for me to receive that is because I wouldn't say that I'm like a naturally, uh, I wouldn't say that I'm a naturally like. Chill person or Zen person. It's something that I I've had to really work at a lot. My tendency is to overwork myself and to try and do too much because I want to do all the things. I want to have all of the impact in the world. And what happened for me was that I was doing a lot of things. I was working full time. I had a side hustle. I was volunteering with a few organizations. I was planning a wedding, and it just all culminated in being too much. And for me, there was a particular moment. There was lots of times where I would take a little break or do my nails or do a facial and do at what at that time I thought was self-care. And then a few weeks later, or a few months later, I'd be back in that place of burnout. And then there was a particular night where I was trying to be quote unquote good and prepare for my work week. And I was looking at everything I had for my side hustle, everything I had for my full-time job. And I just realized I was stressing myself out. I wasn't getting anything done. Um, And so I closed my laptop and I took a bath and I didn't look at my phone or my laptop until Monday morning. And that was the first time I really started to try and integrate self-care into my life. And that moment
1: led me to like sitting here now and running a self-care company. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I mean, I can relate to that so much as someone who still is doing the, you know, nine to five side hustle life. It is (laughs) no joke. And the burnout there can be really, really real, but I appreciate you sharing that kind of aha moment for you, where you realize that it wasn't necessarily like the bubble bath that created the space. It was the unplugging that created the space. That's such an important moment to call out.
0: Yeah. And honestly, I don't know that I fully realized the importance of that aspect because for a long time, I focused on just the bath part and the unplugging was a part of it for an evening. But now the unplugging has become so much more critical to how I'm able to show up in the
1: world. Yeah, absolutely. Something else that I really appreciate about your work Um, is that you really focus on giving people the tools to navigate self-care and helping people kind of be their own expert, which I think is really, really empowering and also very refreshing because in a lot of wellness spaces, like many other industries, it's all about trying to sell people a remedy or to keep people kind of hooked on something. And I love that your approach is showing people that they have the power to create care within themselves. Why is it so important for you to teach people how to be their own guru when it comes to self-care?
0: That is a great question. And I'm trying to think where that comes from. I just think for me in my own self-care journey, every time I go deeper, it's because I know myself better and because I trust myself more. So like from a business perspective, it would make a lot of sense to create something that would create dependencies. But right now for me, what is much more exciting is like you said, how can I give people tools? How can I create spaces for people to do the things that they know that they should do? Um, But for whatever reason, because of time or because of lack of accountability, they're not doing it. I feel like we live in this age because of the internet, because of social media, because of the things that will get us seen by the algorithm where there's just so much content all the time and you can like something, you can share something, you can save it because you're gonna come back later and do it or you're gonna read that article later and maybe you do read that article later, but do you actually apply it, like that's where the rubber meets the road and the transformation happens where you can, yes, see insights, Have some frameworks and some starting points, but then figure out how that intersects and how that resonates with you and where you are at this current moment. And that's really what's most exciting for me.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I think that it's also very empowering for the people who are on the receiving end of it because- Ultimately, we're all kind of living a unique human experience where we're experiencing some of the same events in real time, but we respond to them in different ways. And so looking Mm. to someone outside of yourself to figure out how to navigate things can be helpful, but it can't necessarily be the end all be all because we're the only ones living in our individual experience.
0: Yes. I heard someone describe it as we are in the same storm, but we're in different boats. Mm. So like with the context of the pandemic, it's different if you live by yourself or live with roommates or a partner. And it's different if you have kids or if you don't have kids, or it's different if you work in a factory and you are expected to go back to work a lot sooner, or if you're a worker who can realistically work for anywhere with a computer. So I that has been something that has stuck with me and can apply to so many different contexts. But yeah, even though we have similar collective experiences,
1: we're all different people and we have different contexts, individual contexts. Absolutely. I love what you just said about individual contexts, because I also think individual contexts can change for us within ourselves over time when we have Different things happening in our lives, right? What self care looked like for us maybe five years ago could be very different from what it is now. You know, for your example, you talked earlier about how when you first started in this work, you were working full time and you were side hustling and you were planning a wedding. And that's probably a very different circumstance versus now being an entrepreneur. I mean, I would think it may even sometimes be a little bit harder to reel yourself in when you were your own boss, because then you could just work all the time. And so how you approach self-care could be different than how it was then. Have you had that experience?
0: Oh yeah. 100%. I think it's so important to remind ourselves that we have seasons and it can be tempting once you find something that really works for you to assume that it's going to work with you, work with you and for you forever. But that hasn't been my experience and it isn't the experience of most people I know. And yeah, working for myself, it it's so hard. I could, I really care about this work. Like I could do this all day and night most of the time. And that's kind of where community care can come into play where like friends will make sure that I'm doing something fun or my husband will sometimes like literally take away my phone if I say that I'm going to take a nap, but then all of a sudden I am like doing something or researching something that realistically does not have to happen on a Sunday afternoon when I'm taking a nap. So having people who are willing to support me in that, that even happened this week. My husband was working late and cause he's in a hybrid work situation right now. And he didn't come home in his normal time. And I look up and it's like 7 p.m. <laughs> and I'm realizing because he didn't come home, I just kept working. Mm. So even though I own a self-care company, I need other people to
1: support me and making sure that I'm caring for myself. Oh my goodness. That is so real and a lesson that I continue to learn the hard way. <laughs> I had a situation this week where I was supposed to plan kind of the next get together for a group of girlfriends. And my life is just very full right now. I don't love the word busy, but you know, it is true. And I just didn't really follow up with everybody and follow through the way I was supposed to. And a friend of mine reached out and said, well, would you like some help? I have some time. I can text everybody and get them together. And I was like, oh yeah people can help. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be me. If I don't have the capacity in this moment, it can be another person and that's okay. Mm, That is something that I am learning.
0: That's actually something that I'm trying to embody this quarter is being a better delegator. Um, And I was just earlier today, leading a corporate workshop on boundaries. And one of the signs of unhealthy boundaries, which is one that I think is often ignored is not being able to ask for help. That's actually a sign of not being boundaryed. And there are so many places of, in my life where I think I have great boundaries that support me, but asking for help is a struggle. And I often have to unpack why that is. There's a lot of things involved. This
1: could be a whole other episode, but oh. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but an important episode. I mean, I love that you just mentioned that because I don't think I've ever heard asking for help framed as. A boundary before. I think when we think about boundaries, we, our minds can automatically go to the things we say no to. Um, but thinking of asking for help as a boundary, that's just giving me a lot to marinate on right now. <laughs> yeah. Cause like, if you are, if you can't ask
0: for help, you're basically just saying yes to a lot of things or holding a lot of things that probably aren't serving you probably aren't your zone of genius, but you're doing them for whatever reason and being willing to say, actually
1: you could take this little piece or you could do that is you setting boundaries. Oh my goodness. My mind. And now I'm, my mind is blown <laughs> thinking about all the different things I can start asking for help with, because when you put it that way, it sounds a lot, it sounds a lot better. <laughs> Um, but it also sounds a lot more empowering because I think for a lot of us who struggle with asking for help, it's that, you know, we don't want to be a burden or we don't want to be seen as weak or like we can't handle certain things. But I think because so many people are coming around to the idea and the importance of having firm and healthy boundaries, framing it that way, I think is a really beautiful kind of reframe from some of that more negative messaging around asking for help
0: yeah it's something i think we can all learn together and honestly especially as black women we're often celebrated for being so strong and being the people who like get presidents elected and make sure that people are fed and cared for um and that can be a badge of honor and that is a beautiful thing and also if we want to be able to do that work for the long term we have to be able to ask for help it's
1: not sustainable absolutely and to your earlier point about having seasons there's also i think seasons when we can do those amazing things and then also seasons where we can maybe pull back and focus on other things to recharge and take care of ourselves and not be expected to be the ones kind of driving and pushing all the time so one of the themes on the podcast right now is around taking our power back and exploring the different ways and contexts we can take our power back and I would love to discuss our evolving relationship with our screens. And I know we we briefly touched on this earlier when you talked about kind of that first aha moment you had around unplugging. But I do think that there's a lot of opportunities to frame the idea of taking our power back to how we spend time on our screens. Because for a lot of people, when it comes to work, when it comes to connection, screen time is necessary but I do think that there are ways that we can be more supportive of ourselves when it comes to screen time. So I would love to just hear your thoughts around how screen time has evolved for you and how maybe unplugging more or less, or just the evolution of your relationship with screens has been.
0: Yeah. And I mean, there's been new developments even as recently this week. So I I definitely want to emphasize that this is something that continues to evolve. Um, For me, probably late 2020, I started to just not feel as excited, especially being on Instagram. But generally, so much of the work that I do is speaking and facilitating. um, So I'm on Zoom a lot. And I'm an introvert, so there. I and I find that it can sometimes drain me even more to be holding virtual space rather than in a room where I can pick up on certain cues. It's like I have to be even more attuned when I'm doing something virtually. So that was a way that my screen was draining me. I was creating a lot of stuff for inner workout, good stuff, but a lot that required me to be on my screen a lot. And then I had started to do more on Instagram but was finding myself being more and more disillusioned with it. And so at the end of 2020, I took the last two weeks of the year off of Instagram. And that was the longest break I've ever taken on Instagram. I think before that the last break was maybe 3 days. Um and I just found that I was like really addicted. I wanted to check my phone all the time. I was bored for any period of time, immediately check my phone, Um, specifically Instagram. But I also found that, well, I'll get to that in a moment. So I started (laughs) setting some more supportive boundaries for myself and just experimenting around what was actually necessary on Instagram. So towards the beginning of the year, I really didn't post that much. I'd show up on stories when I felt like it. I only, for the most part, would download Instagram twice a day. So once I'm done using it, I delete it. And then I would take weekends off. And once a month, I would take about a week off. And that felt really good. My Instagram has still like somehow grown this year, but I also figured out like, what are the things I want to talk about? And now I'm in a place where I feel like I do want to share a little bit more on Instagram, but it's because I took this big step back to be like, okay, I know how the game is played here. I'm not really interested in playing this game. I see what it's doing to my mental health. I see what it's doing to my attention span. So what if we played by different rules? And now I'm at the point where I'm trying, I'm starting to rewrite rules and find what works for me. I will also say though, that once I stopped using Instagram as much and it wasn't as accessible, there were and continue to be other things that I find are like quote unquote safe time wasters that are still addictions, but we don't Mm -hmm. talk about it that way. Like my email inbox or like LinkedIn or like, man, I've even been going on Reddit more. I never used to go on Reddit that much. Um, And so it's just being mindful of that, like it's a, it shifts our brains and these products, these platforms have been designed to exploit our brains. And so once we've set up our brains to get this instant gratification, it can be kind of like whack-a-mole, you shut down Instagram, but well, LinkedIn is professional. So that's fine to be on it. And then all of a sudden I'm checking that all the time. So I'm rambling, I'm going to pause here, but that's been my journey
1: (laughs) this year. (laughs) No, you're not rambling at all. I really appreciate you sharing that and just talking about how your relationship to Instagram specifically has evolved over the past year and also your honesty around the kind of whack-a-mole that can happen because... It's true, and I think sometimes if we hear stories about people taking less time on social media or taking time away from Instagram, it can sound like, well, I'm not on Instagram anymore, and now I have all this time back, and I'm so perfect because I'm no longer connected, and oftentimes if our brains want to be distracted, we'll just find another place to be distracted. I mean, I've had the same experience, and so I really appreciate your honesty. Yeah, I That's
0: one of my big goals is another thing in the wellness industry is I do think it's really easy for people to act like they have it all figured out. And I certainly don't have it all figured out. And it's been a journey. Like there are places where I'm a million times better. There are places where I'm figuring it out. But yeah, my brain really likes to be distracted. Most people's brains in 2021 like to be distracted. And so just being aware
1: of that, even that is a huge step forward. Oh, absolutely. And I've also learned to start releasing some of the shame around that. Like sometimes I've felt like, oh, okay, I'm distracted. That must mean something bad about me, or I'm unfocused or unmotivated. And then also remembering, wait, these, these tools are truly designed to do this. And yes, I'm accountable for my own behavior, and that matters. And also, I, as one person, I'm not necessarily a match for an algorithm that has been expertly designed to keep me engaged.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I was just having this conversation with a friend yesterday. So earlier this year, we created instead a card deck for scrolling less. And the whole idea is that you pull a card instead of scrolling. So you're getting some type of quick hit, even though it's not like seeing that someone liked your photo on Instagram. Um, And I was having I think it's a great tool. I really like it. Lots of people like it, but I was having this push and pull with it because in reality, Facebook, and we're recording this the week that Facebook was just down and like the whistleblower at Facebook, we already knew that Facebook was doing some shady stuff. Now it's Mm -hmm. just in black and white. Um, we, so Facebook is this huge company that like is making teenagers feel bad about themselves, is making people more distracted and like they know how to not do that. They're just choosing to do it. So it feels weird to put a product out that helps them helps individuals manage something that is happening at a corporate and a systems level and those organizations are choosing not to do something. And honestly makes me a little bit mad. <laughs> like you right. might be hearing me get a little fired up, but it's like I guess all I could do is manage myself and hopefully create some new norms For others, because Facebook clearly like doesn't care about anyone else. Um, Stepping off my soapbox—that's how I feel about
1: Facebook. Oh, I mean, this is a soapbox-friendly space, and I share a lot of the same sentiments, and have been thinking about that a lot this week, around just how much how much is too much, and at some point will companies like that, that have so much power in how we receive information, like, will they be held accountable at any point for the harm that they do? Or is profit just truly, you know, more important than anything, but it's like, they're still going to make billions of dollars anyway, just maybe a few billion less. Like it's not, (laughs) it's not, you know, I don't know. I think about that a lot of like, How far is this truly going to go without any sort of accountability? Yeah, I'm hopeful.
0: Like now that there are some documents out in the open, I'm not a lawyer, but I'm thinking that it could open the door to, if not some civil suits, maybe even some legislation um, or conversations that happen at a higher level, just because there's hard data to something that we've all known already. And now we can prove that Facebook knows what we all know, Yeah. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. It's so weird to even the conversation around self-care, like I love building tools to help people practice self-care. And also I know that if the structures in our country and our worlds were different, we wouldn't need to have as many of these conversations because people wouldn't need to be coping from being overworked or from being exploited or from being mistreated. So I'm really hopeful that because we're having more conversations like this, because people are more aware that this isn't how it has to be, that we're working towards a better future, but right now it's sitting in the in-between of, okay, I guess we just empower individuals
1: because that big change isn't fully happening yet. Absolutely. And I guess piggybacking off of that, you know, if people are looking to reevaluate their relationship with their screens, take their power back in some ways from their screens, how do you recommend they start kind of reevaluating their screen time?
0: Yeah. I mean, you can look at your screen time and see, like, realistically, how much time am I spending right now? Where am I spending the most time? I think it's helpful to look and start with your phone just because that's the thing that goes with you when you're leaving the house. I'm not always bringing my laptop when I'm out and about. Um, And if you see like, okay, I'm spending tons of time on TikTok or tons of time on Instagram, maybe you take to start just a weekend off. And even that weekend can tell you a lot because you can start to notice when you reach for your phone. Maybe you're at the point where like you're working on A hobby or working on a DIY project, and it gets hard. And that's when you go to TikTok or Instagram. Or maybe it's because you're waiting in line at the grocery store and you're bored, and that's what you go. So you can start to notice your own patterns, and that can be helpful for you as you're setting boundaries. The other thing that I would say too is really start to question what has been defined as normal, especially on social media. Maybe you don't have to post in stories every day if you don't want to, or maybe you don't have to post in your feed every day. I say this as someone who between my feed and, and, and inner workouts feed, like that's part of our, our marketing strategy as a business and as a business owner. Um, but I found that like opportunities still come and I'm not posting in the, the same way that I would have said to post a, a couple years ago. So really start to experiment and question what is necessary to engage with this platform and what feels really fun for you. Like maybe you love doing stories and that brings you a lot of joy, awesome. Maybe you feel like you're supposed to do reels or all the cool people are doing reels and you hate it and it doesn't feel good. Okay, maybe you let that go. So just like be really curious about your experience and almost Imagine like wiping your brain from what you know to be true about Instagram, either as a user just for your own personal use or as a business owner, and then start to build based on what feels good and sustainable um, for you. Like I am doing some personal branding stuff and thinking about how I want to show up on the internet right now. And I was doing this SWOT analysis and I was like, man, if I showed up on this platform in this way, there's a big opportunity here. And in my body, it just did not feel good. So I'm not doing it or I'm going to reevaluate. Is there a way that I can do this strategy that would feel really good? Because I just don't, I don't want to give a bunch of time to something that doesn't feel supportive. So take that break. Be really curious about your experience on whatever platform and um, and then make breaks, something that are ongoing. I also that's part of why I created the instead deck, see if you can place some space before you go to your app whether it's Instagram or you're checking your email or whatever that thing is for you, whether that space is a few deep breaths, whether that space is pulling an instead card, whether it's just like, I'm gonna write something that I'm grateful for before I log on. Oftentimes you're you're craving something else. You're going to the app because you're looking for validation or you're looking for something to creatively engage you. And you don't
1: actually need any app to do that. You can do that from within. Oh my goodness. Okay. Taylor, you just dropped so many gems for us and so much good advice there. <laughs> but I want to like recap just to make sure that people are like really getting it because you gave so much actionable, wonderful advice just now. I really loved your point about starting off by observing what it is we are going to social media for, like, are we going because we're bored, because we want validation and recognizing those patterns. I think it's just such an empowering exercise to do in any context so that we can understand our own needs a little bit better and understand our own behavior Um, I just, I'm like, oh, I really, really love that. And I'm excited to implement that and to try that myself. Um, And then also thinking about the parts of these platforms or screens that give us joy and not forcing ourselves to do things we hate because we feel like we should is just it's such a breath of fresh air because we all know the rules and like the tips and the tricks of for more engagement, do this, or the algorithm likes that. Um, but it's like, what do you like and what's truly serving you and not giving you dread? I think that's such an important question.
0: Yeah. Like it's so funny, even as you were saying the algorithm likes this like the algorithm is not a person the right. algorithm is not like having a human experience right so why would we prioritize the needs and wants and i'm saying this in quotes of an algorithm of a mathematical equation over our human experience like when you put it that way it's like oh yeah that's so silly why would i do that right i need
1: that for myself i mean same <laughs> having these realizations real time with everyone else. Um, but it's so true. It's so true. That prioritization of the human experience is a really beautiful way to, to frame it and to frame what we want our priority to be, be it our own experience and the experiences of, you know, the communities that we're fostering and a part of,
0: and one last thing that I'll add that is just a really practical thing is I do really recommend, especially for Instagram, but this could go for any app, like take it off of your phone. If you have decided, like, I only really want to check this so many times when you add that barrier of like, I have to read out, is this worth me redownloading an app right now? a lot of times it's not and that alone will cut the time that
1: you spend engaging on that app at least in my personal experience oh absolutely i mean making making things inconvenient creating those kind of additional barriers to access is huge
0: yeah it's very james clear atomic habits
1: <laughs> yes honestly and that's a book that i have read a couple of times and continue to go back to <laughs> So you mentioned it uh, briefly, but I would love to talk about your card deck Instead, which is just the coolest idea. We also have a, a link to Instead in the show notes so that all of you listening can check it out. Can you tell us a bit more about just the idea and inspiration behind the deck and what the process was for you creating it? As with many things I do, it came from a place of personal need where I was like,
0: I want something to do instead of going on Instagram. And I felt like it was kind of in the ether where a lot of people were talking, like I know people who have completely quit Instagram. Um, I know people who have changed how they engage with it. And then I know lots of people who are engaging on on Instagram the same way that they always have, but aren't all, like they're not feeling great about it. and it was really instead as the intersection of that insight of like, okay, a lot of people generally on their screens, but more specifically on Instagram are enjoying that experience for themselves. And then the second one was when I first started inner workout and I did a lot of customer discovery interviews just to understand like what makes it hard for you to practice self-care. So many people said time. And I just ignored that because I'm like, I am not like a God, I can't just give you more time. I can't be like, okay, everyone has 25 hours in the day now. Enjoy. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I ignored that. But then when I heard that so many people were saying, oh, I spend too much time on social media, but I don't have enough time on myself. Then I thought, okay, what if we just like offset some of that social media time and helped you reinvest it into self-care. And that's, how the card deck was born. So the idea is really simple. It's just a card deck that like literally think of it like a a deck of playing cards, but they've got these little prompts or affirmations or activities, little bite-sized things that can take like a minute to do. And it gives you something to do. If you are looking for distraction, it can be a distraction, but that distraction is you taking care of yourself or taking a moment to breathe or taking a moment to connect with yourself instead of scrolling on Instagram, TikTok, checking your email, whatever it is that's for you.
1: I absolutely love that and love... The offering of an alternative in that moment when you want to reach for your phone and maybe someone pulls a card and then goes and checks social media right after that. That's okay. But just having some sort of kind of in between there that can be a little bit more nourishing. I think it's just such a beautiful idea.
0: Yeah. It's just like a little buffer zone. And like you said, even if you go on social media right after that, you took a few minutes or a few moments. It could be 30 seconds that you did something for yourself before you engage with this platform that
1: isn't having your best interests in mind. Oh, absolutely. And that can make all the difference because so much of it is about our mental state and about sometimes the imagery and the things that we see on social media, kind of where that sends us mentally. So if before we jump into that, we have something that feels good to see and receive and take in that can in and of itself be so helpful.
0: Yeah. And like, honestly, you could implement a version of this yourself, even like, yes, I have this deck, you can buy it. But even if you think of a few things that you'd like to do instead of being on social media, maybe it's meditating, maybe it's like, moving your body. Maybe it's making sure that you're texting people that you love and you can make a little list for yourself. And then before you scroll, you can do one of those things. I'm a big fan of like, yes, I I like to create tools and products and experiences for people to practice
1: self-care, but also you can do this yourself too. And it can still be just as effective. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's where kind of the, the taking your power back, like we talked about in the beginning, comes in and recognizing that we do have power in that way and that it can feel good to exercise that.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So Taylor, I'm curious, how has being mindful of screen time impacted your work? Do you find that you now work Differently? And do you have any advice on how we can be mindful of screen time if we work on screens all day, or say if social media is a big part of someone's job, how they can be mindful of that without feeling like they're kind of sacrificing what needs to be done?
0: Yeah, I'm definitely not perfect at this because there are so many aspects of my job that involve me being in front of a computer screen or a phone screen. I think what has been helpful for me is as much as possible if I can batch work or give myself even just a half an hour of focusing on a single task, because what I find, and I was doing an exercise a couple of weeks ago where I was tracking my time. And one of the observations that I had is that I was switch tasking a lot. And on the days where I'm doing a little bit of this and then a little bit of that, those are the days where I feel most frenzied and my best work and especially my best creative work doesn't come from that place so something that i'm experimenting with now is for those projects that i know are going to take a lot of me i'm actually putting my phone um and my computer on do not disturb i have this little meditation chime and i'm like playing that as a signal that okay focus work is starting right now and then um I just started listening to the flow state podcast, which is basically a podcast that uses the Pomodoro technique. So it'll do like 30 minutes of music and then a five minute break. Sometimes he has like a little motivational or inspirational message over the five minutes and then back to music. And so I'm really trying to create this space where like, okay, sometimes I am going to have to be all over the place, but for the places where I want to bring my best. I have to make sure that I'm creating this space and guarding it. And so having those little rituals or things that signal to you that it's time to be focused might be something that other folks try to.
1: Oh my goodness. I love that idea of the chime. I think that's brilliant because it's, it almost reminds me of a more loving version of kind of the bells that we had in school. I think that there's a lot (laughs) There's a lot to our school system that is to be desired and also like the jarring bells that kids hear in school is maybe not the healthiest thing, but having some sort of marker that kind of gets your attention and is like, okay, now is the time for this and having it sound really lovely, like a chime and not like a blaring bell um, is such a beautiful idea. Thank you. Yeah. This is something new that I'm starting for myself because I
0: haven't, I haven't felt like I've been as focused in my work as I'd like to be. Um, and I like the chime too, because you can, what I try to do is like, listen until that, like last little bit of the chime disappears. And so it gives you a mindfulness moment before you start doing work really mindfully. Um, and then the other thing that I would say is see where you can set some boundaries around things like email. I find that if I am not mindful of how I'm engaging with my inbox, It can just completely overtake anything that I want to get done during the day. Um, So in an ideal world, this is not always how it works. Um, But I have set times when I check my email so that they're batched. I know that I'm going into it. I know that I can spend some time responding to the things that are quick things I can do in five minutes or less rather than what happens more often than I would like to admit is I just go check my email whenever and then all of a sudden I'm doing this thing that is on someone else's
1: to-do list but wasn't on my plan for the day. Oh my gosh, that is so real. I think we can all relate to that. We've all had those days where our inbox just dictates the direction of the day and that honestly never feels good.
0: No. Cause it's like most of the stuff wasn't on my list so that right. I don't get the satisfaction of crossing. This is like a very Virgo rising thing, but I'm like, <laughs> I want the satisfaction of crossing off the thing that I plan to do. And now I just did all these things that you put on my list.
1: Right. Exactly. And it, I don't know if, if this has anything to do with my astrology or it's just my personality, but I get very frustrated when my action, when I feel like I don't have the ability to have my actions aligned with my priorities, when I instead have the actions or my actions be dictated by other people's priorities, it just like really frustrates me. That's what draws me towards entrepreneurship. <laughs> um, and it just, it's, it's that, that it just grinds my gears. It's like, okay, this is important to you, but is it important to me and what my focus is right now?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. I, I, I wonder if that's an entrepreneur thing, because I feel the same way. I'm yeah. like, yeah, that's why I have to be really mindful of like who I partner with when I'm doing things, because otherwise, if we're not on the same page, I'm going to be resenting them. <laughs> and right. that's not a fun place.
1: No, it's rough. <laughs> So Taylor, you've given us so much incredible advice today just around being more aware and mindful of our relationship with our screens. I would love to just chat a little bit about how you're pouring into yourself these days and what self-care currently looks like for you.
0: Yeah, so I'm coming off of a period I mentioned earlier, I'm introverted and I do a lot of work that I enjoy, but can be draining for me. And I'm coming off of a period of doing a lot of outward facing work. And so self-care this week was just allowing myself to take it really, really slow, to strip down to the bare minimum of what needed to get done and to know that that's enough. Self-care has also looked like giving myself really luxurious mornings. So I'm a morning person. I naturally wake up decently early even though now with the sun changing i i wake up naturally with the sun so it's a little bit later in the fall and winter than it is in the spring and summer um and for a long time i'd be like okay i'm a morning person so i need to like rush into work because that's when my brain's at its peak and now it's like i'm a morning person let me make sure i really enjoy my mornings and so as much as possible i try not to have meetings before a certain time I'm just like enjoying walking my dog, enjoying moving my body in the morning. I'll often read a book and sometimes those books are work-related or might have an exercise that I'm doing, but it's time for me to focus on me and what feels good in my personal growth before I go into everything for the business or everything that like pays the bills. So that's felt really supportive. And then, yeah, just like time with friends. I've had some really great conversations with friends that have i'm getting teary as i say this but i just feel so grateful to be in a place where i have friends that see me and friends that i'm able to be vulnerable with because my tendency is to want to look like I have it all together and it goes back to that. I can do it all on my own. And that gets really, really heavy. So to have friends that I can laugh with, but I can cry with and say like, these are the really hard things that are going on as well as like, it's just
1: such a gift and it fills me up so much. Mm. Oh, that is, that's such, such a gift to have that support system and that village of people who see you and who hear you. And I also really, really love what you said about your luxurious mornings and how you previously felt like you had to kind of give the best hours of yourself to work and how you've started reclaiming those and being like, actually, I'm going to give my best hours to myself. I think it's just such a beautiful example of taking your power back. And so I just really wanted to call that out because that was awesome.
0: Thank you. Yeah. I, I had a lot of like guilt around it and then it was like, why? (laughs) Like, don't I deserve to enjoy the parts of my day that like already feel so special and sacred to me? And I do. And you do. We all do. Heck yeah, we all do. I love it.
1: So Taylor, thank you so much. I honestly appreciated this conversation and it's just given me so much to think about in terms of my relationship with work and phone and social media and how all of those things intersect. How can our audience keep in touch with you? How can they support in a workout? Where can people find you?
0: Yeah. So I am on Instagram. If you still (laughs) decide to keep Instagram and not delete it after this, um, at Taylor, Elise Morrison, Elise with a Y, um, inner workout is on Instagram at inner workout and inner workouts website is innerworkout.co not not.com. Um, and there we've got a bunch of free re- resources and then also products that can support your self-care experience as well.
1: So those are probably the best ways to, to keep in touch. Amazing. we'll, we'll have all of that linked in the show notes to make those resources super easy to find. And also people should tune into your podcast inner warmup, which is also awesome. I don't want to forget about that because it's just such a unique podcast and your approach to it is really, really cool. So if you're listening to this podcast, I know you like podcasts. So go ahead, head on over to wherever you're listening to this from and make sure you subscribe to inner (laughs) warmup. Oh, thank you. Yeah,
0: that's a, it's a passion of mine. I love
1: podcasts. I love listening to podcasts. I think it's such a beautiful, inaccessible medium. It absolutely is. And what I really love about your podcast is just the format of it is really, really unique. And the space that you create for listeners to be able to apply and absorb in real time is just such a cool concept. So highly recommend that you all go check out Inner Warm Up. That's my plug. (laughs) Thank you. I Yeah,
0: I didn't know that you were going to do that. Thank you. Oh my
1: God. Again,
0: look at you giving me all these opportunities to receive. I'm doing personal development as I'm sitting here talking. Receive it
1: all. Yes. (laughs) Taylor, thank you so much for joining me today. I had such a good time talking to you.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: So I have to say, I left that conversation feeling so much calmer than I entered it (laughs) and I'm so happy to have Taylor on the show today and really appreciate her sharing her insights. Head to the show notes for more information about Inner Workout and their offerings and also check out their card deck instead, which is designed to give you a mindful minute when you're tempted to reach for your phone. You can use the code BALANCED for 10% off your deck. Huge thanks to our sponsors this week and to you for listening and for your support. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure you leave us a rating and review because it really helps us out. Next week, we're talking to the ladies from Crunk Feminist Collective about taking our power back from oppressive systems and redefining feminism for the next generation. Y'all, this upcoming episode is one you cannot miss, so make sure you're subscribed so that when it drops next Tuesday, you see it immediately, because trust me, you don't want to miss it. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you next week.